Welcome to Better Together. A place where we dive deep into everyday subjects. We are your hosts, Julian and Carolina, two psychologists that travel the world and are very excited about the whole human experience. So without further ado, let's dive into the episode. Welcome to another episode of Better Together. Today we're coming to you from Malaga, Spain. We're back. We're back. It's been three months since we've last been here and a lot has happened in the meantime. So we, in this podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about a big change, a recent change that, that I had, an, an insight that's related to the limits of my body. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. Yes, and uh, you know, connected with that is the mind and how they interplay. And I think that's such a powerful connection that we have, but quite often we don't we don't use it to our advantage. And now I think it would be amazing if you start sharing the story, mm-hmm. and then I'll chime in with another one to just see from a different perspective what influence the mind can have on your subjective experience cool yeah so to give a bit of context before we were in prague in in czech republic and uh, we were having a super healthy life and uh, having a really good routine started watching out what we were eating and uh, and yeah became very attuned with our bodies and then We went to Germany, had the family weekend with Julian's family, so we got to spend a lot of time with them. And then we came to Spain, where I went directly into a program of three days that was... How to describe it? It was about creating a project to incentivize tourism in an area where there's not much tourism. And um, can, can you say the city where it was? Murcia. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, Murcia. Mors- I don't know how to say it in English. But um, but yeah, the Spanish say Murcia. So that's... <laughs> I don't know why they become cavemen and women. Um, but <laughs> that's the place where it was. And um, it's three days, two nights in a super nice hotel. And basically, you work with a team of four, in a team of four, to create a project. All good, all beautiful. I just went there and the first day was relatively chill. But then we finished very late. So we finished around 12.30 or 1 with all of the activities. And I went to bed, but then I was concerned that there wasn't much time to sleep and the next day was going to be pretty loaded and it was indeed like we needed to be at the breakfast table at eight and that meant I needed to wake up at seven to meditate do my morning routine and everything so basically the first night I went to bed and I was calculating how many hours I had to sleep I I don't know if you can relate but It might be a thing that we do when we have little time to sleep. And I couldn't fall asleep. 
because there was so much adrenaline and I was so charged by by the experience that I couldn't sleep. And it took me about two hours to calm down enough to fall asleep. So that night I ended up sleeping three or four hours. And then I started the day already scared that I was going to pass out in the middle of the day. And um, the next day I was very tired, but still operating. And the day went by and it's super busy day, like thing after thing after thing after thing. And in the end of the day, so like this was around 10 at night, they gave us the final premise, like the way that we needed to do the presentation. So this meant that between that moment and the next morning, we needed to prepare a presentation for like to, to give in front of 80 or 100 people. So that was interesting because we they, they gave us that uh, guideline. Then they took us to dinner. It was a five-course dinner. Um, it took us two hours. So by the time we finished that, it was 12. And at 12, we started creating the presentation. For nine in the morning, for the to next day. It's <laughs> not to complain about it. But it was a stupid idea from my perspective to come up with a creative idea and have from 12 in the night to 9 a.m. in the morning. But yeah, please continue with the yes, actual story. Yes. And we needed to be up at 8 and having breakfast. So yeah, again, I needed to get up at 7 so I could meditate and shower. Um, the thing is, like, through the first hour, I was very optimistic. I was like, okay, let's finish this in an hour and then we can go to sleep so then we can be fresh in the morning. It was very cute. And then we started and everybody was sort of in a food coma. We were in a bad mood. We were tired. The team couldn't agree on anything. And it was taking so long and we were getting so frustrated. And um, yeah, I was one. And I was like, ah, okay, we can do this. We can do this. Let's just do one more hour. It was two. Like at two, I was like, ah. I'm so tired. I want to finish. Fuck this. Fuck this. Fuck this. I want to finish. This is stupid. And like that's when it came. Be, I became angry at the organizers and like this doesn't work. And then one hour more passed, and I was like, okay, fuck it. I don't know how long this is gonna take. Maybe we need to be awake all night. I'll see if I can present tomorrow. Which conditions I will present? Whatever. And somewhere between three and four, I had a click in my mind where I was stopping the train of thought that I'm tired, this is not going to work, I'm going to be so cloudy in my mind that I won't be able to perform. And I started like becoming neutral about things. I sort of zoned out from the whole situation. And I started operating from a place of neutrality. I don't give a fuck. Equanimity. Yes. It was not that I don't give a fuck. I still, I, I was still in to do it nice, to do it good. But I was more detached. It felt like before I was so invested and so frustrated and so many feelings in my body. I was feeling so many things that it was getting in the way of me being able to perform. So 
at some point I made the switch. My body was so tired. My body just wanted to tap out that I was like, okay, I will stop being so much in my body and I will start being trusting my mind that it can do its thing and I'll start operating more from spirit. And that's when it happened. I became more spirit and less body. I was still in a conversation with my body because I didn't want it to collapse or anything, but it felt like once I did that transition, it felt like my body could go on for days. Like it, did, it didn't, I think the limitations that I was putting onto it were self-imposed and were because I was so much in my body that every little discomfort that I had, I wanted to get rid of. And then what I did was, okay, this comfort is the baseline. This is what's happening. So let's not be so much in the body and start being more into spirit and operating from a place of different kind of awareness. And that was a very big switch for me because I'm, I feel the world through my body so much, especially after Prague that we were working on the food that we were eating and how this felt and how that felt and how how talking to this person feels. And like I, I get, I, I interpret a lot of the environment through the way that I perceive it through my body. We all do, but <laughs> I'm, you I'm more very, consciously. Yeah, I'm very sensitive. And um, just tuning out that sensitivity felt like a betrayal initially to my body and I didn't want to turn out the sensitivity but then when I made the switch it was fine I was like oh I can do this what else can I do <laughs> like what else can my body do if I'm not treating it like a fragile child that it's going to fall ill at any given second you you never said you it felt like betraying betraying your body that feels like a, such a powerful thing. Like it's such a, oh, if I'm not taking care of it, like 100% all the time, I'm betraying my body. It's mm -hmm. like a very strong sentence. Mm -hmm. Never heard you say that. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe I said it in other ways before, but it's because I, I work so much to become sensitive and unlock my sensitivity. It feels wrong to go back in that. To just not be so sensitive. But at the same time, sometimes life, it's not easy. Like sometimes you are not sleeping. Sometimes you're in difficult weather conditions and crowded places. And it's not safe to be so sensitive. And that's... And it doesn't... Well, sensitivity doesn't mean that you are fragile, though. You used the word fragile earlier. If you're sensitive, does not mean that you're fragile. I think there you can probably distinguish a little bit yeah, or yeah. make a distinction. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not saying that being sensitive is fragile. I'm just saying I was treating my body as if it was fragile. Yeah. And in that moment, I realized, oh, actually, no. <laughs> My body is not so fragile. And then I became curious about what my body could do if if 
subjected to extreme conditions. And, uh, well, that night we finished around 4.30. Let's say that I slept from 5 until 7. I still woke up at 7, did my meditation, put some makeup in my face because I had dark circles under my eyes, clearly. And um, went out with the intention of putting the team on my shoulders because everybody was tired and not everybody had that insight that I had. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's brain was like a little bit um, dead. Mine was too, but I was invited to tap into a deeper level of trust. And um, when I was getting on the stage, I was trusting that my training on public speaking was going to kick in, that I was going to know what to do in that moment. Mm. And it happened. And I had great stage presence. People complimented me on that later. I didn't stumble. I kept the team together because I was asking them questions and holding them if they were um, getting something maybe unclear. And I was clarifying their message. So it was it was sort of like a moderator role where I was guiding the conversation. And uh, that was that was very interesting because I got off stage and I was very happy with that performance. It was not my optimal state. I was not in the best place to create worlds for people and bring them into story realms where where they experience things that they never experienced before. But I was good enough <laughs> to explain a business proposal to increase the tourism in Murcia. <laughs> it's good enough for that. Good enough for that. And uh, yeah, and I was I was still fine. Mm. And I didn't feel like I needed to go back to my room and crash and burn <laughs> and fall asleep or, or die. I felt that I crossed that threshold where it was really, really hard, really, really hard. And I crossed the threshold. And it became fine. It was fine. It was like a consistent fine. And I was still very present. I needed to work harder for concentration. But other than that, I was fine. Hmm. So that led me to think, where else am I holding myself back? Because I think I'm fragile. Because I think that... I, I shouldn't go there because I'm going to experience something bad. And, uh, or your body can't handle it. Or my body can't handle it. Yeah. And I started noticing how much fear I hold in my body. Of, For example, if I think of climbing something, even though I'm pretty confident climbing and I love climbing, I will have images of me climbing and falling and hitting my head on the ground. Like at least three or four images of me either breaking a bone, becoming quadriplegic, so basically breaking my neck, or fucking up my face so hard (laughs) that like I lose teeth and my nose and stuff. Like for every situation, I I can picture those things. And then I don't do them. I don't do things that are a little bit risky. And I just put them under the umbrella of fear. Because I might fuck myself up. Like, if I don't sleep, 
If I sleep two hours, I'm going to be stupid. 100% stupid. I won't be able to put a sentence together. That's my belief. Hmm. And it was. It was. It was my belief. So then it's like, no, no, no. Put yourself out there. Do things that you wouldn't normally do. And start shedding those beliefs. Because this is an area... Like my, my relationship with my body is an area where I haven't touched it. Like <laughs> I haven't, yeah, that can be interpreted in multiple ways. Now, uh, don't worry, I have touched it. <laughs> but in, in the terms of the way that I perceive the, the capabilities of my body, I, I've never questioned my, my beliefs. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine doing some volleyball. I'm fine maybe playing a bit of football. And um, I'm fine walking if it's not too steep and I don't have to get too tired. That's my belief system around this. <laughs> About physical activity, like all. That, yes. that, that's, that's all that's possible so far. That's all that's possible. <laughs> So then I realized, wow, I have a lot of room to growth. I don't even have to try that hard and it's already going to be better. Like if I, if I try go-kart or if I like anything, I can just try anything and it's already going to be an improvement in my, my belief that I can do things. And, uh, and yeah, and funnily enough, there was this speaker coming after we did the presentations and he was this like, super extreme sports person <laughs> complete opposite A complete opposite of me and he was like um having done ironman competition a few times and he was telling how it was and he was telling about different experiences he had with with testing his his body and like other people that he did things with and how they tested their body And I was like, dude, like I'm so far from like 300 kilometers by bike, 100 kilometers swimming, and what was it, 80 kilometers running. Like I don't it think was, 100 kilometers swimming, but still a long well, distance. Well, whatever. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I was. It could have been any number. Like yeah. to me, it was like <laughs> everything dude, more than I, 10 is like. Mm, yeah, if I swim 100 meters, <laughs> I'm exaggerating. So, <laughs> so I was like. Oh, I have so much room where, like, it's already progress. <laughs> If I just do 200 meters instead of 100, it's progress. I don't even have to try that hard. And, um, and yeah, it sort of invited me into a new realm of possibilities where I stopped being so scared that my body is going to break, rupture, fracture, torn, <laughs> and fall into pieces. And I actually start exploring what my body's capable of doing. Yeah. Because all of this is like, it's like when, when people are afraid of sitting in silence or afraid of meditation hmm. because they're afraid of what will come up. I, I have that, but with, with sports, I'm afraid of trying it because what can happen there? And it's just this ignorance. It's, it's an ignorance of understanding the feedback from my body Like the other day we had to run, <laughs> we were late for a train in Germany and then we had in to, Prague, right? 
No, also. Oh, we oh. had to run multiple times. It was the most I've run in my whole life. You know? <laughs> the universe is also testing me. <laughs> but no, we had to run from the Flixbus to, oh, the, one, yes. to the train. And it was it was a short sprint, maybe 100 meters, but then there was like a big... It was more. It was okay. like two, 300 meters. Okay. We were running that. And then we were going up, let's say, two floors of stairs. It was a big distance. And to like all without stopping and with big backpacks like, and having like 30, 29, 28, like the second count was, was there because the train was leaving. And I did it and I, I was doing it and I was getting to the top of the stairs. And then at some point my body started failing. I was like failing to my understanding, which is like I couldn't keep up with the speed. And I started to go slower for the last, let's say, six, seven steps. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so out of shape. And like, I just like went into the, the train and sat and like my heart was racing and my chest was hurting. And I was like, what is this? Don't have any heart I'm, attack. <laughs> am I going to, I literally asked Julian, like, I'm having chest pain. Is this normal? <laughs> he, he was like, dude, yeah. <laughs> The most normal thing ever. <laughs> yeah, but like you run. Yeah. So you have, and you did football like, through your whole childhood and teenage years. So you have an understanding of what your body's capable of. Yeah. And the feedback that it gives you is like, okay, what do I do with this feedback? For me, it was like, I'm dead. Should I pass out? It's like, <laughs> what's, what's the, the protocol for this situation where my chest hurts? <laughs> I'm running like I'm hyperventilating it feels like I cannot get enough oxygen in my body as much as I try and after sprinting up staircases for like two levels two <laughs> floors of course your legs in the end feel a bit shaky duh <laughs> like I needed yeah. to stop too but um you didn't really experience it like that yeah. for me it was like oh I'm reaching the limits great my body is improving because I, I push it that far for you it's like oh my god I'm failing I suck. Yeah. Like that that was the also the story. It's like, oh I'm I cannot run. Like what what am I? Am I already dying? Um And here just to like bring in briefly, this is the power of the mind, right? For me it was very obvious, hey, I'm pushing myself, yes, I'm I'm practicing, I'm improving because I'm going to the edge of what my muscles are capable of. And for you it was like, Oh my god, I'm dying, I'm failing. I can't yeah. do anything. Oh, my muscles failed me. <laughs> Which it's right we we figured it's so unfair i love your muscles yeah. i know you didn't fail me it's just no training but yeah. but that's the but that's the interesting thing like how did i go my whole life without questioning even a little bit the inner talk that i have around fitness and my body and the, the feedback that i get from it i'm really good at gut feeling and reading other people's emotions and reading other people's energy Yes, that's wonderful. But what about if I do a little bit of sports? Like, do I know what my my body is going to do? No, I have no idea when I'm tired, when I have a muscle pain. Like, I cannot distinguish between a little bit of a cramp and, oh, I tore my muscle. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a reference point. I'm not sure whether you ever, like, had a cramp, really. 
Because you, you do know when you have a cramp. No, I, I, cramps, cramps, yes. Okay. That's the probably the one thing I can identify. Okay. And I, I sprained my ankle. Ankle. Your, your ankle? My ankle. You <laughs> <laughs> <I> sprained him. <laughs> my ankle. No, but I think there is like, for me, the, the pain uh, in, in air quotes that I have when I just did a workout and my muscles feel... Uh, drained and the next day when it's a bit painful that's for me a good pain like i know okay that was that was sort of to the edge so i know the muscles need to build up get stronger and get better and for you whenever we did something did a walk a hike or anything and you had muscle pain you went oh my god that's the worst thing ever now this hurts and yeah. this is like why would i why would i do anything that gives me this pain <laughs> And that was just like completely two different worlds. Yeah. And I was happy and you were sad. What was it? You feeling no, I needed disappointed? To, I needed to recover. Yeah. You were dead. <laughs> I was dead. But because it was, I was feeling like I betrayed my body. Like I pushed you more than what you wanted to do. And now you, you're hurting. I need to take care of you, darling. Yeah. So that's, that's something I'm reframing yeah. at this moment. Do you have a story about a similar kind of reframing well i'll keep it a bit shorter but um yeah for me it was in the monastery in chiang mai in thailand and we were meditating there and it was uh, beautiful weather most of the time so the mosquitoes at night were just like feeding on the water and then it would throughout the day they were all around me only <laughs> and uh, by the way mosquitoes love julian's blood like he's my repellent he's my insect repellent yeah. if there's mosquitoes around i know they won't come to me they will go to julian yeah you're welcome yeah thank you. but that means there was one around me all the time at least and the thing is also that the mosquitoes leave quite a big mark. Like it, it is a little bit um, for allergic. Yeah, for me, they leave. They're a little bit allergic. Get like really yellow and big, usually. Like a. Two what are you getting in just talking about yes, it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, leave me alone. No, just kidding. But uh, yeah, so they leave a big mark. I don't know, like a two euro coin, or I don't know, gets big. Yeah. And I was so annoyed by it because obviously that is not easy or helpful to meditate. Then when it's like you, you hear the sound and you freak out already. That's that's the state for me. If I hear it, I'm like, I can't concentrate. I'm like, oh, wait, is it now? And so that went on for a couple of days and I was getting really annoyed at the monastery or in the monastery about the mosquitoes. And at some point... As you had the switch as well, for me, the switch happened, I think, somewhere in the morning where I was like, I can't concentrate on eating because I'm afraid of getting a mosquito bite. And it's like, I've gotten so many of them already. One, two, three or more of them doesn't matter anymore. Like, literally, my whole body was everywhere marks. An anaphylactic shock all the time. Yeah. Um, it's not even crazy of an overstatement. Um, but yeah, then at some point in the morning, I was like, okay, I do not want this anxiety to be there. Like I'm, I'm okay with having the bites, but I do not want to have the anxiety. And I was like, okay, I, I got to push myself through this. 
like I gotta I gotta check out what's happening when the mosquito is really biting me. How crazy is this? Is my mind making this up? Is am I am I just freaking out for no reason, or is it really that bad as it is shown in my mind? And so in the morning, um, as they were like at six a.m. Uh, a lot of mosquitoes there in uh, in the breakfast area. I was noticing that there was mosquito flying around, and at some point it sat down on my hand, between uh, on the skin between the pointy finger and the thumb. So I could really see it very clearly and see it how it slowly sat down, slowly uh, started to sting me, and I was like, okay, no, just just sit there, just sit. really experience what's actually happening. Not trying to put anxiety in there, not trying to overly exaggerate to push it away or do anything. Just as we learn in the practice of meditation, just observe without judging. And so I was I was observing what was happening and it stung me and it's like oh, a, a little bit of a, a sting when it stung me. And then at first it, there was nothing more. And then later, I guess the sort of poison or whatever is getting in there that makes the the sting eventually come up was getting pumped in there every now and then so every like i don't know three four seconds there was more pain coming up and more pain coming up and that was i don't know for like 30 seconds maybe a minute i don't know i just left it there and i was happily just drinking my blood i was like just just go ahead just go ahead um i'm dealing with that because at some point it was really like it's not that bad it's like if somebody's like softly pinching you, it's like, oh, that's it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, wow, really? That's why I'm freaking out all the time. That's why my mind is going nuts every time I hear the sound of a mosquito. It's, and it's not that bad. It's still happening, though. Well, every a lot night. less. A lot less. Yeah. Like in the night, it's it's still difficult to sleep for me, but... Like the, I know now that a lot of that is my mind and that helps already tremendously. And so (laughs) the fun twist was while I was observing the mosquito on my hand and making sure that this was really well thought or really well observed, I didn't notice that in the meantime, I was sitting there observing the mosquito here and my whole knee was stung like five, six times through the pans. My whole was completely yellow. <laughs> and I didn't even notice. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay, this is definitely a sign there. So that was for me then understanding how extremely negative the mind can be when you focus on the pain or the difficulties, the anxiety, and how freeing it can be once you can let go of this idea of, my oh my God, this is the worst thing I need to get rid of is... And that creates this anxiety. And that was actually the worst part about it. It was not the sting itself. It was the anxiety that my mind made up before this actual sting. Yeah. And that was the huge learning. But also, I feel like there's a physical component to it. So when you are allergic to something, you have a physical reaction Mm -hmm. to it. So there's, yes, there is anxiety, but also there is your body being like, Get that shit away from me. Get that fucking monster, tiny flying monster away from me. And um, Well, you have it a little bit with sports as well, right? You get pain yeah. if you do too much sports. Yeah. And so your body's naturally drawn to, let's go away from pain. That's yeah. the natural response. Yeah. 
And so I think that was similar to that. It might be a bit stronger with allergy or whatever, but it's still, I think, a very similar response because the actual thing, yeah, if I get, I don't know, what was it, 10 bytes or something, I'm getting weird. So that's mm -hmm. that's sort of the barrier where I noticed I should not get any more. That's getting too much. Mm -hmm. um, but, <laughs> or you should. Or, or I should <laughs> and try it out once I have when I really blank out. When we go to the jungle next time. <laughs> <laughs> and three of them have danger or something. Yeah, we're going to Brazil in <laughs> December. So, Anyways, so again, the power of the mind and how I perceived it made it inc uh, incredibly more... more bad. Made it a lot, <laughs> a lot worse or made it, uh, well, easy to get through, actually. Yeah. And so... Yeah, I think that's just a powerful example of what the mind and our perception of things, or how no, not our perception, on how we connotate those things and how what, what meaning we give them influences how we perceive them. Exactly. Beautiful. So, so yeah. now there's there's the reflection part where we invite you, listener, darling listener, to think of which area are you nursing yourself like if you if you were a baby and maybe you could push yourself a little bit like it doesn't even have to be much like for me running those those 200 meters was already enough to make me find a boundary but um but yeah there's there's many many areas of life it can be in the physical but it also can be in the mental like for us The mental is the default. Like I, I test my mental barriers all the time, and I, and I feel like in that <clears throat> in that area, I'm pretty confident shedding new boundaries and getting rid of my ego and <laughs> just finding new insights. But yeah, there's a couple of areas where, like recently, for example, last year, business, where I didn't really test myself because I had. Uh, I don't know. I made up a I don't story. Need sales. Yes, I made up a story around it that was very convincing, um, or around my body as well. I made up a story around it that's very convincing. It's like I'm not a physical person. I don't. I don't enjoy that. That seems terrible. It sounds like torture. I don't want to do football. So <laughs> then it's like it's a very comfortable place to be because you just create this story and you. Convince yourself that that story is true. Yeah. And then when life shows you that that story is not true, then at least myself, I'm forced to just check the, the edges yeah. of that story and see so if, if something... I can free myself a little bit more. Yeah. So if something comes up now that you notice... Uh... If somebody would tell you to do this or that, and you get a little bit weird, edgy, maybe a little bit fearful about it, just by getting the suggestion to message that person or to do public this project speaking. or do public speaking, then go ahead and try it out. <laughs> See if it's true. Yeah. See how much of it is true. Just be curious. So that's a, a little push towards trying out the edges, figuring out the edges of your comfort zone and what you're capable of. And to be honest, every time 
I faced a fear that I had, a limitation that I had. I became a more whole and expanded human. So it's highly recommended in the path of individuation, the path of getting to know yourself and having a good life. Beautiful ending. I hope you got everything out of this episode that you needed. And thank you so much for listening. See you again in a bit. In a while. Two weeks. In two weeks. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.